get promos and discounts from Filipino startups. Check out our partners at the description. Scott Jarvie or Jarvie is co-creator of PicD. Hello Jarvie, welcome to Startup Podcast. We're very happy to have you. How are you? I'm doing well, Jenny. Thank you. How are you today? Yes, I'm fine as well. So we're in different time zones, right? Because uh, recently in the podcast, I've been interviewing some Web3 startups, especially from from the Hive blockchain. So it's very exciting to to interview or to talk with founders from all over the world. So and um, Jarvi is co-creator of PicD, and PicD is a decentralized social media with true ownership in the Hive blockchain. But let me ask you, um, Jarvi, so what really is PicD? PicD was started as primarily a place to write content like blogs or to post pictures and this kind of longer form content was its specialty. It's existed since 2018, even before the Hive blockchain existed, we were on a different chain that um, migrated over to the Hive blockchain. So it's been around for a while. Uh, we we allow users to write content that gets stored onto the Hive blockchain, and uh, where they have complete ownership of their content. We can't change it. We can't remove it from the blockchain. And yeah, I mean that's that's the general aspect of it. After that, we just started creating lots more features. So we have a very rich feature base for primarily for the Hive blockchain community. So lots of things, a wallet, uh, uh, ways to send money and community access. There's communities on the Hive blockchain. Um, We also have started a, uh, right now we do lots of other things. Like we have what's called the Peak Open Projects. And we're working on like five or six different different software that will usually integrate into PeakD or have on one of our other sites that will be beneficial to the Hive blockchain. And then we also, me and my business partner, started a marketplace for the Splinterlands game. I don't know mm. if your users are familiar with that. So we have the largest marketplace or the Splinterlands game. And that includes Splinterlands themselves. Our marketplace is used more than their marketplaces for the game and rentals and sales and asset and land and just all sorts of things. So we just have our hand in a lot of different projects, but Peak D is the most well-known one. And um, there's lots of other I don't know if you've talked to others, but there's other blogging sites that access the blockchain data from Hive. So if you write something on PeakD, it'll show up five other places. Oh. And if you write in those five other places, it'll show up on PeakD. That's what oh. makes it decentralized because, yeah, because there has to be multiple. If there's only one, it's not decentralized. That's centralized. So, yeah, and that's why I always see. I actually automatically see Tarka podcast content on Peak D. So I'm connected to a few other um 
social media apps or startups in the high blockchain. So I guess that's how it works, right? But I have a lot of questions because um pick this quite um unique or novel because of its decentralized aspect, right? I mean, we have we have few other social media apps that people commonly use nowadays. I mean, I don't want to name them, but can you can you tell us more about this motivation? I mean, in the first place during 2018, why did you have to start or why did you want to start a social media with true ownership? What does it really mean? What does true ownership really mean? And what does decentralized really mean for you? So my my interest in coming here wasn't primarily decentralization first, but it grew on me. I, I began to love that aspect of it more than the actual reason. You know, I was I had some crypto or some Bitcoin. And so I started to learn more about blockchain maybe a couple of years after I bought the the Bitcoin. And I finally like, well I should learn about this. And and when I stumbled across a YouTube about Hive, it was basically I'm a photographer and and what it connected was oh I could put my pictures there which is easy for me and maybe I'll make some money by posting this and so that's what got me there and then I stayed because there was a good community because I could you know the money wasn't necessarily great but you know it was it was still fun to post there and then i started to learn that like you know my friends that were on youtube kept on getting shut down or i had built up a large business page on facebook but then all of a sudden this was years ago they they flipped a switch and i no longer had access to all the people that were there i now had to pay in order for that to go to their news feeds. And then there were other, like Google Plus used to exist and it kind of died out. And I was like, well, you know, if you have this, then there's no company that like, if they die, like if Peak D dies, my content still lives. I just start using a different website. And the same for the other website. So whatever one you're using right now, if those people stop developing it, at least you can come to Peak D and it's all there. And so I like a bunch of those different things, like the YouTubers that I knew, they kept on getting demonetized or deplatformed or the rules started to change on them. And um, so I thought, well, why don't we create something where that, you know, some of those problems don't exist. Yeah, it's really like creating something new, like a new app or a new platform, somehow to somehow to to counter the current system wherein to counter the current centralized system. So it's really like creating a new decentralized platform to to solve the issues, to solve the challenges that many people um using in the previous centralized platforms face, right? So um, you got to pick D as a social media app or a social media platform. So how did you build Pick D thinking about these social media aspects? I mean, do you did you build it like a normal like like a usual social media platform or did you have some 
something new, some new aspects in mind that you that you build into it. Well, how did you build? I mean, like the social media platform or the social media aspect of PeakD. I don't know if you know the history behind some of the stuff, but the blockchain already existed long before we came around, and there were already uh, social media platforms that were doing what we were doing. And my business partner basically said, well, I don't like the user interface. The experience isn't good. I want to create my own. And I was like, oh, I guess we can. There's no one, there's no centralized figure that says, yes, you can or no, you can't. And so we just did. We just started to build it the way that we wanted it to be. We were posting, you know, content, a lot of pictures, different things. We wanted to make sure it looked good. And it because the old version, which is now kind of represented by hive.blog, which is great. I'm glad they exist, but it's very old and it's not a great experience, except for those that started on it long time ago. They're just so used to it, they don't want to go anywhere. But it's um, and so we just kind of started to create what we wanted and put in a lot of different tools and analytics and and just built in a lot of different things into it and then helped you know the blockchain and help like pr- uh, push them towards stuff like communities and then help build things like uh, decentralized chat with the sting chat system which i believe is on but dbuzz which you've mentioned that you use so yeah, so that's that's where we came from. And then, you know, like when we switched blockchains, we became uh, the old one that some people, a lot of people were using. You know, they stayed back at the old blockchain. And so the default, not the default, but the most used became uh, Peak D. And I think it still remains yeah. the most used. But part of our product is the fact that the others exist. Like we wouldn't, mm. we wouldn't be able to say we're decentralized if there wasn't a, a Leo, a Hive.blog, a Dbuzz, an Essency, and all of those, they're necessary. And they're part of uh, the whole ecosystem. They're part of our product. The fact that they exist means that our users get to have a confidence that they're not dependent on one company staying afloat yeah so yeah yeah those are true and um you mentioned for me uh in what in how i understand this you mentioned two things on how a decentralized platform can be different to a centralized platform first of all okay. in the dece- in, in building a decentralized platform the creators the co-creators or the founders can can basically first do what they want i mean of course they do it for the people of course they do it for the community but there, there are mm. no like restrictions from a centralized um system right second one thing I learned from the decentralized space, from the blockchain space, is that um founder um startups or like these apps, especially in Hive, they more of collaborate than compete. Even if even if there are many social media apps or platforms in the Hive blockchain, it's more of like a synergistic effect where where they actually can 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 help each other. Now speaking of this, speaking of the communities, especially in Hive, the people, the users, so. In the first place, um, can you can you tell us how you built like the the user base of Peak D 
how you incentivize or how did you encourage people? How did you motivate people to go into PICD and use PICD? So can you tell a bit more about that? Um, we aren't necessarily the top tier promoters and high blockchain doesn't have a lot of amazing promoters in general. But the idea of Hive and the blogging is is, a, is something that's been popular to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of different people around the world. And, and so they just are drawn to this and to write content. The Hive blockchain has a incentive mechanism uh, where part of their inflation of their token, part of it, actually a very large part of their inflation is set aside in a reward pool that goes it to a couple different people so it'll go to the the content creators uh based on a voting system so all of us users that have a stake in the currency um we get to vote and like half of the half of that reward pool goes to the creator and half of it goes to the people that have the stake and for their action in their effort of actually doing the votes you know so they're doing some work by voting and having a stake and then other people are writing content which you know essentially brings eyeballs back to hive there's millions of people that will read the content from Hive. I just, even on Peak D alone, millions of people will read the content every month. And so the Hive, Hive system has that integrated kind of incentive structure, which isn't going to surpass a YouTube incentive or maybe even a Twitch incentive. So we still would love to see those users come in, uh, bring in their hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users, and to build other things that will incentivize them. The micro transfers that are free. You know, you can send five cents for free. You can, you know, tip people. You can, you can send them a reoccurring transfer, like a Patreon sort of thing. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of different interesting things, and we hope that having pure ownership of their content is also an incentive. So those were some of the things. Uh, what Peak D did well, well, I mean, there's just Hive users in general just exist. And when they want to write content, they choose a place. And we've seen that just the, that, uh, the largest proportion of the users tend to like our user experience on Peak D. Uh, but the other ones still have a large a large percentage. It's not the most, but you know, like they still have a large percentage as well. And they may do other things to incentivize that. Kind of almost like bribes, you know. <laughs> like come over yeah, here. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean listening to this, I, I... I think I it's time for me, especially I'm I, I'm a sort of content creator as well, right? So I think it's sort of time for me to explore the reward system, the monetization um aspects of 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 the social media apps in 
mm-hmm. in the Hive blockchain. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. First of all, the the reward system, the monetization aspect can can like incentivize people. But most of all, for me, for me, another thing really that that motivates me to 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 create more, especially while in while while in platforms in the Hive blockchain, is the true ownership aspect. Because it's true that when I it feels that when I create and then post it in centralized social media platforms, it feels that like I'm selling or that I'm like I'm like mm-hmm. having other people own or have a license to the thing that I create. But in reality it's mine and it it should totally be mine and I should earn from it. I should I should like get what I can get from it. Um by the way, is there a token is there a native token in, in Peak D? Is there a native token to be used? We are basically just a reflection of of Hive itself. So I mean you've got Hive is a token and then the Hive back dollar, which is uh, HBD is its acronym. So yeah. Hive back dollar, it's a US kind of dollar that's backed by the Hive token. And pretty, you know, pretty stable within a few percentage for years and years, even with a 20% uh, interest rate on this in, when it's inside the savings account. And it's been stable and secure for a long time. It's been great. And um, we, you know, some of the other projects will give their own kind of like sub token when you do different things and post different things. And they're all their own. They're all their own thing. Peak D doesn't have a specific token of their own. In fact, I, I would like to say something where when you post on Peak D, you have the option to not enter the reward pool. Oh. So you don't have to be a part of the reward pool. You yeah. don't have to worry about getting money. And and I say that where most people are like, well, of course I want money. But it's not a, not a right. You're not going to automatically get money by posting. You need people to view it. You need to do work. You need to go out there and yeah. interact with the people that have a stake in Hive because those are the voters that make a difference. Oh. So if you want money by simply getting a lot of views, you need to go the other traditional routes. You need to maybe advertise a product. You maybe need to have influence and and like oh. push them to other things and you know, like all of those things that actually make real money, all those things still can exist. Hive won't make you like crazy amounts for most people in most countries. But like I just posted the other day and one of them got $13, the other one got 10 So I'll get half of that. So $6 and $5. So it's not nothing. But I've been around a lot and I know a lot of people. So, and I have pretty good content. So, you still need to have good content. So, when I say you don't have to have it be part of the reward pool, sometimes that takes off all of that stress and that feeling of like, oh, I didn't do very good. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) that takes out because the reward pool is basically a bunch of people interacting there's no rules by peak d or by blockchain 
It's a bunch of people with their own sets of rules and it can get, it can get heated and there can be a lot of discussion and you may do something that they don't like. Well, that's because you're trying to get money from the reward pool. But if you never try to get <laughs> money from the reward pool, you're not going to make any enemies. Yeah. And they'll be fine with it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. That when you're going after the reward pool, you have to play by the games and the and the culture of the people that are in the reward pool, which we have no control over. You have no control over. Sure. And there is no central entity. They're all a diverse group of people with diverse opinions. And you don't yeah. have to be involved <laughs> with that. And if you want to, then you have to kind of play by their game. Yeah. It's like it's like it's actually like the game being played by the social media, quote unquote, the social media influencers right now. So it's more of like an influence game, right? I mean, you will create content not not that maybe not not really your 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 passion, your purpose, but you're creating this content to depending on the current influence, depending on the current um yeah um sentiments of the people in the ecosystem in the yeah. platform. Now, speaking yeah. of speaking of these people in the ecosystem in of in the big D ecosystem or maybe in the high blockchain ecosystem as a whole. So what do you think yeah. about the I mean what do you think about the the user, the people here? I mean for example in PicD, who are is there like a certain niche? Is there like a certain demographics maybe for the users? And maybe there, what kind of content are getting posted there usually? There are a lot of people posting about Hive itself. There are a lot of people posting about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. There are a lot of people posting about some of the sub-projects inside of Hive, like all of the different games that exist. So there's Splinterlands. We just released a game, me and my business partner, called Rise of the Pixels. So there'll be, you know, content about that game on Peak D because a lot there's a lot of interlap because it's on Hive, and so is Peak D. So when you have a user account on one thing, you have it on all the other Hive systems so i i can go log into leo i can go log into debuzz with my account that i use to log into peak d or rise of the pixels or peak monsters um they it's just one user account so because of that they're playing their games they're like oh i can just log into peak d and write something i already have an account i already have a wallet I know how to use some of these things. I'll learn a few more. So the content seems to be a lot about techie stuff and stuff, other projects inside of Hive. But there are random communities. So if you go to the community page, there's like a bird watcher community. There is a gardening community. There is a, a cooking community, makeup community. And some of those ones are pretty popular, um, comparatively. Maybe not as popular as a, a large Reddit or something, but <laughs> yeah. a small community where they interact. There's photography community. So there's a lot of photography 
I think that's one of the biggest things that's on Hive is people sharing their art, photography, music, writing. It's a great place to write really long content. Yeah, and it's 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 the most amazing thing about I mean about Peak D actually when I when I explored it. So I I I of course I explored it. And then you can see the different communities in it and you can see the people interacting in each of those communities. Those people can share content. Those people can share ideas or thoughts and perspectives about what they do. And other people can can see and can react and they can talk to about what they're doing. Now, I want to know, Jarvi, a bit of your, a bit about you, a bit more about you, like your, maybe your background. When you were younger, did you imagine that you're going to build Weekly? Did you imagine that you're going to no. build like no. A platform where different communities can can be born. I mean, can you tell more about the background and like have, the story? I have a building Yeah, I have kind of an entrepreneurial background where I haven't necessarily worked for a boss in like you know seventeen years or whatever. But uh, I became a full time photographer back in two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, two thousand eight. So I was a full-time photographer for 13 years, even while I was wow. starting to build Peak D. And I was a full-time photographer, successful, did well. And so I understood social media because as a photographer, you have to post on social media. I also spent a lot of time with very well-known YouTubers, people with millions and millions of subscribers on their YouTube channel, a lot of them, not just a couple, but like dozens of friends with really large YouTube audiences. So I thought a lot about social media. So that kind of background from posting a ton, posting my pictures and also posting to get clients for my photography business and all that stuff. And having some other business ideas that I always you know, played around with and wanted to create new little companies and projects like that kind of entrepreneurial mind, I think led me to this. And I grew up in California and went to school in Utah and stuck around here. And I travel a lot and, you know, take pictures and I play a lot of pickleball, which is a sport that's really popular now here. So. I mean, that's a little bit more about me. I don't know if that's so. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious about you being a professional photographer. I mean, I really respect professional photographers because I'm I'm an amateur photographer. I mean, I'm a social okay. media photographer. I'm an Instagram photographer. I mean, I'm not really good yeah, at yeah. taking pictures and all of that. But can you just share a bit more about that passion? I mean, I'm also interested. Like, uh, what's what's really in photography? Can you can you like share that idea that content to us to 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 the listeners right now. I mean, how do you express yourself maybe in photography? Um, what really do you like in photography? Let's can we just uh dig a bit deeper in there? I I got into photography because of my love of travel and having mm. a camera when I spent a few months in Europe when I was a college student. And so I love travel, but I quickly gravitated towards people photography, oh. portraits and wedding photography because it paid the oh. bills. I learned I could make a living doing that. 
And I found that people photography was more fulfilling because I felt like I was doing something great for someone else. It was a service, even though it was paid service. Like I felt like I was making people happy, making people feel beautiful, uh, capturing things that were very important to them, their wedding day. And they would be very thankful for that. So it was fulfilling. Even though travel is fun, people photography was fulfilling. It, it gave me a sense of purpose. And I'm more of a documenter in my style of photography. I'm not as much the artiste, the one that has this grand vision. And, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I build it all out in my mind. And then I go capture it. I see things around me. And I explore. And I'm like, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And I just try to document people in the best way that I how I see them right then. So my pictures are very like people would say that they're real, that they feel like they're there. They, when they see a picture of a friend, they say, Oh, that's my friend. That's like the best depiction of them I've ever seen. Like that's who they are. Not just because of the pretty pixels, you know, like the, the way it looks, but because they feel like they see their friend because their personality the personality shines through of a person or a place. So when I take pictures of places, people also say, Oh, it feels like I'm there. And I may not have the most exotic or like artistic image of a place, but when I take it, it it looks like you get a sense like, Oh, that's what it's really like. Oh, now I understand why True ownership and digitalization really hit on you because these pictures, these photo, these photographs are not just pixels. They're not just ink. They're not just colors. They're not. They're not just pictures. Like uh. for example, in people photography, their memories. They, they, they're people. They're actual people documented, right? So it somehow, if you if you're doing that as a passion, as a purpose, it really hurts to see. Like if you upload it, if you put it in a centralized platform, it really hurts that. Like like maybe that. Entity, yeah, will will be will will get control or like maybe a bit of ownership of that content of that thing because mm. it should it's supposed it's supposedly to be yours and it's supposed to be to the people who are in that photograph. So I think I think I think there's a bit of that sentiment, right? But yeah, speaking of this, um, I also want to ask why specifically did you join the Hive blockchain? I mean, you 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 haven't told us that story. I mean, after building. Um, because, because why did you choose Hive? <laughs> because I because that was the place where I saw that you could post pictures and write content and it was connected to cryptocurrency. I mean it was simple as that. That's why I got involved. And then I learned other things. So and then you know, then we migrated from what was called Steam. To Hive, yeah, yeah. and it's the same blockchain, but it just forked. So it was the same thing, and it just forked because we disagreed with this guy that was kind of a he wanted to centralize things, and he stole some money, and so we didn't want to be associated with him. Oh, hmm. yeah. What I, what I really and like so then I... we had to come up with a new name. Said you can keep that name because it sucked anyways. 
No one liked it. <laughs> no one liked it beforehand. Steam was just too confusing with the gaming system Steam. So we're like, what should we uh, call it? And someone suggested Hive. And that's this person <laughs> that you're talking to. So I suggested oh. we call it Hive, and everyone voted that they liked it. Oh. And I was like, oh, fun. So, yeah. Oh. And that's another thing. I mean, it's it's a really democratic process. Even the name of the, of the blockchain, even the name of Hive. I mean, of course, someone, of course, you like, I recommended the well, name. Well, it was just a, the name. Yeah, it was just a, a small group of us that were were making that change. We switched to Hive, so it wasn't. I wouldn't call that a democratic process, but <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. But. I mean, it's still it's still not just the control of one person. It's still not the choice of one person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really amazing. It's, and and about Hive, what I really like about it is it it really like the community, um, in the blockchain using the blockchain. It really keeps its the system decentralized, right? I mean, it really keeps it that way. What what do you have to say about? That? I like I like a lot of the technology that it has, and I don't know where some of the other blockchain projects have gone recently but the but i used to think about some of the other ones i mean using ethereum is just perhaps one of the worst user experiences known to man and no joking it's not that bad but it is pretty <laughs> bad and then the fact that you have to pay six ten dollars to do a transaction and on hive it's free and the fact mm. that you know bitcoin or ethereum take 20 minutes to do Maybe just a few minutes, but the when you compare even just a few minutes to like three seconds and irreversible, you know, like you don't have to wait for five blocks. It's just like one block and it's done. And I mean, all those sorts of things, having several keys can be confusing, but man, it's really useful for a lot of stuff and it's safe. It creates a layer of safety where you can use a posting key. And if someone steals your posting key, you're not going to lose money. And if someone like steals your active key, you can change it with your, with your owner key. And so you have another layer of safety and you can even give, have a backup account. I don't know if there's any other blockchain that has that. And it's a system that other blockchains would be like envious about. But they're too busy trying to pump their coin. They're not as interested in the technology. Some of them are, of course, are really interested in technology. And some of them are just you know what what's the bare minimum to pump up this coin to make us rich to make some of these other people rich and there's a place for those people and that's fine hive isn't good at that which is maybe its drawback we aren't good pumpers of our coin we don't have a coin scenario that's like oh going to make everyone rich but also it takes 3 hive to create an account so do you really want Hive to be worth $5? Because then people would have to pay $15 to get an account. Yeah. I don't know if that's good either. Maybe it is. Maybe they'll be 
willing to do it. So. Yeah, this is a very hard topic. I mean, because for me, like the economics or the prices of the of those cryptocurrency tokens, it's really, it's really. I mean, there's a there's a there's a fact that when it's more, when the price is higher or when the price is actually more volatile, you can buy and sell. People are more attracted to it. Like, I mean, what you see in mainstream cryptocurrency mm-hmm. news, right? I mean, people go into a certain project because of of how you can earn from it. But for me. It's not really what cryptocurrency is about or should be about. What I really like about Hive is it keeps itself somehow low key. I mean, it it does not it does not invest in marketing in in like this this main this big stuff, but it invests in the technology. It invests in the like in keeping the platform mm-hmm. or the system, the blockchain, um, true to what really a blockchain should be. So. In that aspect, I really like I really like Hive, and I really like the people in Hive because so so far in in those that I've interviewed, these people building on Hive like you, Jarvi, um, they really or you really you really have this heart. <laughs> you really have this. Um, you really want to keep this this spirit this, this this spirit of true ownership in the Hive blockchain. Now for our last question, um, um, okay. Jarvi. So what is it? I mean, how is it? How's the experience working with other people in Hive, collaborating with other DApps in Hive? And PicD is right now the number one social media app on Hive. So do you have some some thoughts on on how this happened and how basically how 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 is it working with other people in Hive, other developers or other founders or creators in Hive? Well, we have the Peak Open projects which is a set of tools funded by the Hive blockchain for the Hive blockchain. It's not a for-profit project where we hire different developers to work on different feature sets that can be used by any interface on Hive. And some of those interfaces have used those features. And it's unfortunate, but I would say that we're sad that not a lot of those, like there's some, like the Sting chat is free. It's easy to integrate into websites. It could take less than a day. Um, And then you have a chat system on your site. And sadly, a lot of those sites, iBlog, Essency, Leo, they have not integrated it even though the Hive community paid for these features and it's free. Oh. And we'll, we even have developers ready to assist them. So there needs to be more interaction. There needs to be more of that. And it's hard. A decentralized system is great in many respects. Essential system sometimes gets things done a little bit faster and maybe a little bit more organized so um so i'd love to say that we're really amazing at interacting like that but there will be people for those developers and projects for that will answer questions uh and they'll be helpful on different places you know, like, it, so we do have a decent community for that to, like, 
help projects. Um, there is a sense of like projects that are trying to scam or just try to make a quick buck and come and go really quickly. There's not a lot of patience for those people. And some of the, some of the people in the community will, will kind of like, uh, kind of push them away, you know, which I don't know, could be good, could be bad. It's not mine to say, but, um, there is coordination on some stuff and there is a developer meeting every month, but that's more about kind of more core aspects of the blockchain. Like what tech does your project really need? Not what user mm -hmm. interface, but are there any really central technologies? And so, yeah. And so they're building stuff like that, you know, all the time to hope that these projects find a place that's easy to build. Um, so some people may come like, oh, there's a big audience there. But we hope that you love, like people love it for the technology that makes it easy. And we hope that they have an audience already because that's better for Hive is that they bring an audience to us and we save them time and money with our, with our feature sets. So. Yeah. So it's really more collaboration, uh, more and more collaboration and more and more building the community, mm -hmm. more and more um, developers in the Hive blockchain, more and more users in the Hive blockchain. And that's, that's, that's how we can strengthen the whole community and the whole blockchain. So, Anyway, um, thank you so much, um, Jarvi, for this conversation. Thank you. thank you so much for sharing about yourself, about your your love for photography, um, building PICD, and these thoughts in in the Hive blockchain. So, by the way, if our listeners want to know more about you or about PICD, so how can they know more? How can they get more information? Maybe you can lead them to the to the to the website, to the site, or to some social media channels, or or to other yeah, other PICD, stuff. PICD.com and our user account. On Hive is peak D. So it's not too hard and, and you know, pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, so to our listeners, uh, try out peak D. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Darby. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much to our 33 patrons. This episode is super powered by AskDexPH Academy, our official e-learning partner. Get certifications on Litig Sigma, product management, data science, and many more. One CFO, CFO services, bookkeeping in tax, and payroll processing for startups and small businesses. Code Technologies, IT solutions specializing in software development, blockchain smart contracts, digital wallets, decentralized applications, and cybersecurity. Tuala, the next evolution of digital trust. Privacy-focused, seamless digital experience for sharing identity information across Web2 and Web3 ecosystems. Dbuzz, Web3 microblogging app promoting freedom of speech and content ownership. Benjoy's food products, the home of premium bacon ends, Tapa and Tosino. And Space Cebu, the biggest branch in the Philippines. Global co-working space, meeting rooms and private offices for startups, digital nomads and freelancers. Looking for, buy and sell online with Ticulado sellers. NutriCoach, the all-in-one productivity tool for dietitians and nutritionists. And Podify Team, podcast launch, production, editing and management company helping to increase podcasters' efficiency. This episode is powered by Uplift Code Camp, Sirius MD, Board Prep, Pareto Consulting, Zales, and Packetworks. Please support the podcast through the links in the description. Mm -hmm.